Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Hey folks, David Molnar here. Welcome to your Photography Mentor Podcast, episode 96. The only reason I know it's 96, because typically I have no idea, is because the guys, the, the you know our amazing team, Josh Wood and company, um, wrote it down for me. So uh, I would love to know where you guys are tuning in from, because today we have a special treat for y'all. Um, we have a new friend of mine, and um, he's on, I'm sure you guys saw the promos about it. Um, but we have the one, the only, the amazing, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure I'm pronouncing his name right, but uh, Tibor Molnar. Uh, Tibor, did yep. I pronounce your first name right? I, sorry. You, you, got sure. both, you got both good. Yeah, you got both correct. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you have the coolest last name in the entire world. Same, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Looking forward to this. Well, thank you so much for joining us today um, on the Your Photography Mentor podcast. And um, I, so Tibor is one of the most amazing macro photography experts in the entire world. I've been super inspired by his work for a long time. And I just wanted to bring him up on the show talk a little bit about his expertise and kind of tell you guys about some exciting things we have coming up. Um, hey, before I ask you a bunch of questions, Tibor, can I show off some sure. of your work? Is that okay? Is that all right? Yeah, we're going we're to show, yeah, we're gonna show you your Instagram here. Um, and I'm actually going to pull us over to the side here. Um, but your work is just absolutely incredible. Can we zoom up on a couple of those? I've got Josh, Josh Wood, you know, you know, manning the, uh, the screen on the side over here. Um, that one's a little, that one's a real, <laughs> yeah, if you go to some of the photos, yeah, the photos are a little bit different. Yeah. This is, this should be a group Absolutely. of <clears throat> jumping spiders. I did this, uh, collab with, um, uni biodiversity. Um, wow. and yeah, jumping spiders were one of my favorites. Um, they were, um, one of the first things I saw was, uh, when I was looking into macro was an account online. Um, on Instagram and they had a jumping spider on a, basically on an eraser of a pencil. And immediately that's, that's right. I just could not believe the details and how small these things were. And that, you know, what you can get with, with just a camera. And um, mm. that kind of started my inspiration. Um, but yeah, jumping yes. spiders are always my favorite. Um, they're also very interactive. Uh, they have one of the best eyesights of, um, any arachnid or insect, and um, you'll find ones that will just calmly sit in your hand or jump around or just watch you, um, and others will just run away. So um, you never know. It doesn't matter the species, even the same species, they'll, they'll act differently. They'll be individual, which is makes them just a fantastic subject. Plus the front-facing eyes, I think, really gets people. Yeah, well, and your photos are just striking, you Thank know, you. like Thank just absolutely ridiculous um can you can you show us a couple more um a couple more things mr josh wood yeah. wow. so this isn't really macro but these are just the birds yeah once you start traveling for photography you can't help but photograph other things because you know there's just so much out there yeah, yeah this, is, this is what i would call macro yeah thanks <laughs> yeah yeah this is a group of praying mantis or mantids. <laughs> mantids? Is that plural? Am I don't I, know. I, Honestly, I should know that, right? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I was just curious. So his work, keep on scrolling down the page for us if you wouldn't mind, Josh. Um, wow. Are those, are those like poison dart frogs? So, yeah, some are. So that, that, is, that is, I believe, the Diablo dart frog from Ecuador. Um, they have different color morphs. They're simply amazing. Yes, these are, that one is poisonous. The one after that, the yellow one, I like. So if you look at the pattern, people have told me they see a turtle and a flower. Um, yeah. This is 100% this is in situ. This is the way you found it on the leaf uh, over a stream. This was in Ecuador as well. 
Um, that's a glass frog. Um, we, what was the we word actually, you just used? Insensuous? What, what did you say? Uh, I, uh, I didn't use that word. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. I don't know. What, what, what did you say? Like this is 100% something over a stream. Oh, in situ. Sorry, in situ. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, like, for example, the glass frog is not in situation, right? Like I was uh, with, um, gotcha. yeah, we were actually with a biologist that was um, placed this on the glass for us. I, I brought a plexiglass with us. Um, this is, um, this actually shot means a lot to me. Um, this is something that I saw in a, I, I want to say National Geographic magazine when I was a young kid and um, something I've really wanted to recreate. And when I looked for them in um, Costa Rica, really didn't find any um, that were this type of see-through glass frogs. We did find some glass frogs. And then in Ecuador, we, we walked probably about an hour and a half, maybe two hours upstream to really, really pristine areas because they need pristine water. And uh, we were able to find a few. And I was able to take this shot. So basically, this is set up in, you know, and um, over a stream in, in the middle of nowhere. That's Costa Rica as well. The red-eyed tree frog, that's an iconic frog. Um, and uh, most of these are actually, I know, I don't know if we want to get too technical, but they're stacked shots. So that, that tree frog isn't just a single image. To get all that detail, that's multiple images. I don't remember how many I used for this one. Between 10 wow. and 15. Yeah. Yeah, you're so stacking think, the focus because the, the depth yep. of field is so narrow. You have to do, you have to focus it in little yeah. increments on the frog, yeah. merge them together to get a crisp photo. Exactly. Um, this one, yeah, this one, I don't know if I stack this one or not. This one might be a single. Uh, this one was with two off-camera flashes. Also, again, on a piece of glass uh, in a river, um, by a stream in Costa Rica. Um, and yeah, you just kind of from underneath and then the two flashes from the side. You can kind of see the reflection. Uh, this is definitely a stacked shot. That is a red-eyed tree frog um, tadpole. So they lay their tadpoles on a leaf, and we were lucky enough to find this leaf, which was, again, over water. Um, and I was able to stack a nice image of it. I mean, I, like, wow. Like, yeah. I just, I just, I'm just speechless. I'm just a tad speechless. Tadpole well, speechless. I, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, before we, before we can, cause I could just look at photos. Like I didn't mean to jump in and make you tell all these stories about everything like right I, away. No, but, it's fine. I, but yeah, I'm like, man, yeah. these, like, I'm just like mesmerized. And I think, um, I think our students are too. Hey, a couple housekeeping items. Can you guys say hello to Tibor for me in the comments? Um, and, and let him know what you think of his images. I just, you know, just curious, like just curious if y'all, if y'all hate them or if you think they're okay, or if they're just like mind-blowingly amazing. Um, and then also, we're going to do a giveaway today. Um, Tibor, is there is there like a, um, we're going to talk a little bit about gear, and because I'm, I'm going to ask, I've got some questions for you, um, but is there a specific macro photography tool or attachment that you use for your lens uh, that we could give away today to our students so that they may one, one day... Um, be able to do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest tool I have is, um, so when I first started out, I um, I knew, I started out with, uh, just a quick backstory, I started out with extension tubes. Um, I really, um, I can tell the whole backstory why I got into macro, but just where I started, I started with extension tubes. It took me a weekend to realize they weren't gonna be enough because I just found it absolutely amazing. Uh, when I bought my, um, macro lens. And then I started researching and I actually reached out to that um, gentleman. Uh, his, his Instagram handle was macro price, the first macro photographer I talked to. And he was kind enough to reply to me and answer my questions. He yeah. made his own, he made his own diffuser. So I researched into making my own diffuser and I made it out of some foam and some reflectors. And then um, the macro community is nice. And um, it's a really niche, niche community, especially on um, Instagram and very, very supportive. Um, which yeah. is another reason why I got hooked. And um, there's several people that make uh, fabulous diffusers, and I've, I've used a couple of them, but the one that I end up sticking with, and honestly, um, they're all great products. Um, but for me, for traveling, it, it folds flat easily, um, you know, instantly and pops up. And basically, yeah. it, it sits over your camera like this. Ooh. So it does this nice little dome effect. So wherever you have it, you can provide shade. And you're controlling the light. So when you're controlling the light, you never have to worry about is there, you know, you know, what level, um, 
you know, is it going to be a sunspot? Is it, you know, what's the right. settings? Like you're, you're, you're adjusting the settings in here and I have a set setting that I start with. It's always ISO 100, um, you know, the fastest shutter speed I can with stacking with this. If not, right. it's 200. Uh, the fastest with this, I think, is 150 over oh, one over 50 or 150, excuse me, um, which doesn't matter because of the flash, which right. is another reason it provides shade. And you're basically controlling it. It's like a mini studio. And that's that really yeah. gets you that those sharp images. So if you look at if you're taking macro photos and your flowers have those like harsh sunspots or or the the eyes of the insects have that like glare, this will this will get rid of it. And this is made by a gentleman in Australia. Um, Cygnus Tech, Brendan, um, him and I have actually become pretty, pretty close. We've talked about macro photography endlessly. Um, and I bought, nice. I, this must be my fourth or fifth iteration of it because I have one for my wide angle. I have one for my Nikon. I have one for my Olympus. And okay. um, it's, it's one of my greatest tools. Um, and then there's other things that I really, that I, I really need while I'm out shooting. But um, as far as for photo photos, like, you know, I've, I've left that at home once. There's always, there's always one of those things that you do once, right? I've left my memory card home once. I had to drive right. home. I, you know, you leave, you leave things home once. I've left my diffuser home once. So, um, and I drove all the way home. I, I went to get it because I knew it wouldn't be, <clears throat> it wouldn't be a good day if I didn't have it. So that diffuser is an essential piece to the, to the equation. And you, um, you, you need different ones for different lenses. And so uh, the, yeah, so he makes some he makes some custom right because of the size of the flash and the distance the lenses mm -hmm. away from your thing. So uh, basically, you tell him your setup, and he he has he has the dimensions that he he's researched and he cuts them specific for it because you know not all of them are going to fit the same. You're going to have thicker you know wider lenses, smaller lenses, the distance away. You want it to be able to kind of focus the light down, um, you know, but you know, you can, I mean, I, I use this one. It fits the, the 12 by 45 wide angle. I also like using, um, it's not ideal cause you kind of have to force it, but, um, it, it fits, but it makes them specific for it. And, you know, once you put it on, it just, it stays on. Well, here's the deal. We're going to give away one of those diffusers or the, one of the ones that you recommend. Okay. Uh, to a student, um, on this podcast. So, um, and that's specifically, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why I'm asking about that diffuser, but you know, cause people would want, like to know yeah. uh, about which diffuser to use and do you need one? And a lot of people wouldn't even know, like, honestly, probably six to eight months ago, I didn't even know that macro photographers used it because I'm not an expert at macro photography. I think it's freaking yeah. amazing and I'm so inspired by your photos, but I don't know, you know, how to do it. Um, and that's why I loved talking to experts in their field like yourself, um, who know a lot more than me. Uh, about about their expertise, right? <laughs> so we're going to give away one of those. We're going to give away one of those diffusers to someone who shares the you know shares this um, Facebook Live. Um, right now, we're going to give that away at the end, and I'll get I'll get the skinny on exactly which diffuser that is and all and all that stuff. So, um, sorry, I cut you off. Did you have something you wanted to mention no. a second ago? No, no, no. That's that's great, Mister Molnar. It will change your world. It will change. <laughs> It would change your world. I, you know, and I think, um, I think at one point where you and I are going to need to get like a uh, 21 and me DNA test to see if we are related. Cause everybody keeps asking. Somewhere down the line. Um, I, I'm guessing. His name, I, you know, I don't, I mean, it's curious to see, like, I, um, I know that the last name Molnar is Hungarian. Understanding. Yep. Um, oh yeah. It's 100% Hungarian. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, th I think, and I need to, I would love to do some ancestry to like trace some roots, like back, like to see exactly where, you know, where that comes in, in our family, because I have more like Italian and, uh, and some French like in me that more than I can trace to Hungarian, like, like uh, with a quick trace. So I'm like curious so. to see where, where that, where that came in and, and how we're related. We'll have to do that one of these days. That'd be fun. But it'd be, um, be kind of cool. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if we were brothers or something. Um, but uh, I, I don't think so. But, you know, who knows? I don't think brothers, uh, but, but yeah. But very cool. Well, hey, I, wanna, I, wanna, um, I want to ask you some questions. Is that all right? Yeah. And please. we're going we're gonna to do that giveaway at the end. And I don't know if you saw, but like they were, I mean, our students, I'm just going to scroll back like a bunch of times. Um, 
And, uh, you know, Chantal was saying, I don't even know what she's saying, fantastic or something like that. Uh, Amy was saying, your work is saying the same thing. Regina was saying the same thing. Jessica was saying she's from Boston and loves macro photography. Um, Jeanette was saying, your work is amazing. Thanks for sharing with us. So there's lots of love for you. So I encourage you to go Thank back you. and read these comments. I know it's hard to keep track of, of all the stuff. I certainly can't, but love, love, uh, love yeah. seeing all the love for you. Um, you know, they, they just love Molnars. I mean, let's just be honest. They just, they just love Molnars the most. So, <laughs> um, Hey, we're going to go back. We're going to go back right now to kind of the beginning. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Like, you know, wh where, where are you from and how'd you get into photography and, um, you know, what's your favorite color and, and then also, what do you eat for breakfast? No, I'm just kidding. Like, um, where, 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 where are you from and how did you fall in love with macro photography? So uh, originally I was born in Budapest. We immigrated here uh, when I was six. Um, lived in New York most of my life. Traveled, you know, moved around a little bit. <clears throat> and, um, you know. Yankees fan? The, I see. I've always. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so grew up in New York. And then, um, you know, I. I took a, a trip. Um, it was going to be one of those, you know, a trip to Africa, like kind of once in a lifetime and realized that I didn't want to just take my little point and click. So, um, you know, went out, got a, a little DSLR kit lens, you know, kit thing together, took a couple of classes, went to Africa, got some okay shots. And then it just slowly started evolving that I, I really loved it. Um, you know, a few, you know, a few years down the road, I, you know, I, I went on a couple of other trips, and then realized that I really, really, really started loving it and um, wanted to do more like pet portraits and pet photography. So yeah. um, I want to say about uh, a little over five years ago, six years ago, I got my first serious DSLR, the uh, Nikon DA10. And um, it ended up sitting on a shelf a lot. Like I would take pictures of our dog or, you know, just go to the zoo. I did a lot of photography uh, with my girlfriend at the zoo. We would go and we would shoot. Um, you know, shoot the wildlife there, just, you know, anything to practice. Hmm. And, um, you know, life was busy, um, but I had this break and it was the summer of like the end of the summer in 2019. And I said, I, I, I got to I got to learn my camera. You know, I, I understood what, you know, ISO did and shutter speed. I understood it, but, you know, I wanted to be to the point where I could flip the switch without looking and know what I'm switching and know, know what I'm changing. And, with animals like big animals and birds, you're sitting and waiting a lot. And I've always liked macro and bugs and insects and frogs. And so I was like, okay, well, macro, there's insects everywhere. You know, there's this flowers, there's stuff that I could do. So, you know, uh, end of the summer, 2019, I picked up uh, my camera. I said, look, I got some time. Um, I got extension tubes, researched them, used my um, 85 millimeter with extension tubes, got some well, what I thought were amazing shots, just level of detail that I just couldn't even fathom. Yeah. Um, immediately got home that I, I went to the um, Arboretum here in DC, took some photos. Um, they're good, you know, so good for, you know, when you use them with extension tubes. And then I, I came home that night, I ordered my uh, 100 millimeter, 105 millimeter um, Nikon macro immediately. Before it arrived, I already had a flash. Um, I had been online looking at stuff. I built my own diffuser and then uh, went to the park the following weekend, and uh, I'll never forget, I, I got to the boardwalk at my favorite park here, um, Huntley Meadows, and there was these real purple, um, I think they're ironweed, and I saw what looked like a tiny bee. I took a picture of it. It was a longhorn bee. I think it may be in my feed somewhere all the way at the bottom, but you could see the pollen on it and just the detail of the eyes with this pattern. I was like, I couldn't believe it was, it was literally with my macro lens and my setup. It was literally maybe the first three or four shots. I could not believe it. And it was just, it was just amazing. Yeah. And it was, you know, what I love about macro is it's active hunting. Um, you get, you have to understand how you're using a flash. You have to understand how the flash power works with the ISO works with the shutter speed works with everything else. And, it really sets you down this road of getting comfortable with all these settings. You can't do it on auto. It's impossible because the camera doesn't, it just doesn't understand what you want it to do. Even with the flash on there, if you're going TTL, um, it's, it just doesn't know. So, um, and the lights just went out. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> hopefully the we power. We can see. Doesn't. We can see you fine. No worries. Well, I'm just hoping the power doesn't go out. Um, no, I can hear you too. So yeah. So, um, so yeah, and and next thing I know, I just started going down this rabbit hole, and then eventually, um, I looked into how to get more detail on stuff. So it was things like uh, focus stacking, and you know, trying different gear, and then you know, every year it was just progression, and um, you know, I was this weird guy at the you know, at the park with this giant like foam pop-up diffuser and the flash popping off while people are taking pictures of birds. So I started meeting friends and now there's just a whole slew of people at the park with macro gear and doing macro. And, you know, um, I have a small group of friends that we just constantly go out on weekends and just walk the trail looking for stuff. And every weekend, it just seems to be something new that you didn't even know was in your backyard. Um, mm. you know, half the stuff here, I didn't even know, like, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, there's something called an ambush bug. It looks like a mini, uh, praying mantis. I didn't know it existed until I saw it. Um, you know, I took a picture of it. I thought it was a leaf hopper and I was like, what is this thing? It's, you know, it's just basically, it's what it sounds like. It sits on flowers and it can snatch anything from a butterfly, like 10 times its size to a bee. And wow. it's just this mini, mini praying mantis. I got a couple of them in my feed, but amazing little creatures. And again, it's something that you would never, you would never think to see. And then as that went on, you know, you kind of get your list together. And I started um, after the COVID lockdown was kind of up. Um, I just went on this tear and started traveling for it and, you know, putting together lists before I went, getting more comfortable with creatures. Um, you know, spiders and things and, and things that I never was like, I never was squeamish, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my hand under a giant spider or near it or right. face up against I, it. And I wouldn't either. <laughs> like right now I wouldn't, you know, you, you, like, you, you will, <laughs> you go on spiders a trip freak me you out, man. <laughs> well, it depends on the spider. Right. So yeah, there's, 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 there's been some ones that are, I've done some questionable things, but um, for the most part, I've, you know, <clears throat> you, you can, you can gauge what, what's, you know, what's good and what's not. But locally around here, there really isn't much. And, you know, people ask me all the time, do you get stung by bees or wasps or anything like that? Never have, not shooting. Um, mm -hmm. Just walking through the jungle at middle of the night, minding my own business, I've gotten stung in the face several times. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens, but um, never once, you know, actually taking photos. And um, the flash, I know uh, one question I get a lot, and all macro photographers get this, um, is, well, does the flash blind the insects or your subjects? And I can tell you definitively, no. Um, insects don't have eyelids. Their eyes work differently. Um, they're staring at the sun all day. So a flash, which also is diffused, um, is not going to bother them. They don't change their behavior. They don't, um, you know, nothing like that. And even frogs, when you take pictures of frogs, you want to have it pretty low. So I probably shoot at 1 16th or 1 32, especially for frogs. So you can tell because their eyes would dilate, um, you know, their pupils would dilate and they don't. So some of them do automatically, uh, but, you know, you can, you kind of gauge that down. And if you just, you know, you flash basically yourself too, and you, you don't get blinded. So you kind of know. And, and again, these, most of these animals would react to it and none of them do. There's only one, there's only one insect that I've seen react to it. And I think it's more the sound of the flash than the flash itself. And they're long lake flies. They're these really, really tiny, really cool looking flies. Yeah, so you're actually you're 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 intentionally trying to shoot at a lower power from the flash. You said like one thirty two. Is that was that yeah. correct? Yeah, so yeah. In other words, you're trying not to like I don't have a flash on my desk, but like you're, if you did maximum power right in their eyes or my eyes for that matter, like it would yeah. it would be a little bit harsh, right? Well, yeah, um, like the like the sunlight that's coming through my desk right yeah. now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the angle here. There we go. Yeah, it, so it's partly it's partly because of that, and it's partly because um, if you're doing stacking, you want the flash to be able to keep up with as fast as you're shooting. Um, if you know, with my Nikon, I would manually stack, which means I would take a picture, move the camera closer a little bit each time, like a fraction, and that was all manually by hand. Um, but you don't, you know. But if you can scale it back for single images, like the frog right in the middle. Um, that one was a single shot and that's probably at like 160, between 116 and 132, um, you know, and again, you, you don't, you know, just because I shoot at a lower, um, 
lower flash power, it enables my shutter speed to keep up and I don't get missed frames. Because if your flash can't keep up, all of a sudden you start getting black frames where the flash just doesn't fire in time for you. So you want it to keep up in cycle. But again, what you don't with the diffuser and you know this, you, I, it's rare. You do not need one to one. Maybe if you're really, really far back from the subject, uh, but that's super rare. And I, I probably wouldn't. It, the diffuser wouldn't even really work right. I think that far back. Man, like I, I mean, I just I have you know these images, the thumbnails in the background. That viper shot is. I don't know if that's a viper or what. Yeah, what that is, so, but it's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. Um, There's a funny story to that. So that was the second. So I, whenever I go on trips, I always have backups to my backup. And this was the one trip okay. I really didn't bring a spare flash for my macro setup. And um, that was the second day there. We met up with um, with some friends and <clears throat> it was pouring rain, pouring rain. And we were trying to photograph a really cool looking gecko, which I, I haven't posted. And I don't know if I really have any good shots of it. It had crazy eyes. And my flash blew out. Uh, it wasn't the first time I've lost a flash. So I, I knew to have spares, but I didn't have a spare. Luckily, my, my buddy did, but it wasn't with us. And I was just in a, a very poor mood, to say the least. <laughs> I was pretty grumpy trying to figure out what I'm going to do because I knew we we're going to be finding things. And, you know, what do you do in that situation? So I had like my spare um, Nikon flash um, and the flash would fire, but wouldn't fire on the camera. Long story short, um, I had my Godox remote triggers and we had found this female Viper, very, very calm and cooperative. Um, you know, this is, you know, we had, there was basically a branch that we were able to, um, our guy just, Put, it, put her on there and she just got comfortable and she just sat there. She was looking around, flicking her tongue. And I had to work with off-camera flashes because my flash on top wouldn't work. So I used a second diffuser I had from above and yeah. then um, the, the Cygnus tech from below to give it a little touch. And I took mm. the shot. And this is actually two shots. Uh, one is the tip of the nose and the other one is the eyes and they're also, it's stacked. Okay. Um, and I mean, it was just, it's, it's one of my favorite images of all time. And I know, I know uh, there's a lot of people and uh, <laughs> a lot of the members are, are very snake adverse to say the least, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite. And if someone's asking how close I was. Uh, I was close enough. Uh, <laughs> so it, <laughs> yeah. Like how it, close I, were you? Um, this is with a 12, 12 to 45. And I, I want to say maybe I was at about 35 millimeters. So, you know, with, with the diffuser and everything, That's I don't know. pretty close. It is. Um, but yeah, I have video of it. I can always post it in the member group um, mm -hmm. later today if people are interested in some <clears throat> BTS stuff. But um, always trust your guide. So, you know, I research a lot of the people that I go with. I never, I, I never attempt to handle anything I don't know, especially poison snakes. There's no way I would ever do that. Um, so my guides will tell you how close, you know, and they'll watch you. And he was, he was right there. And he, he'd tell you, okay, this far, right. And he, he'd stop you if you got too close and snakes, you know, um, they won't really strike, um, their full length of their body. So you're, you know, you're guessing about half, well, it depends on the snake half. Um, so, you know, listen to your guides, listen to the people that know what they're doing. Um, and then, you know, I've never, I've never felt unsafe before, um, especially doing that. So, um, yeah, this was this was a beautiful one the males actually have a nice red, i haven't posted that one yet but the males have a actually red stripe that runs the length of the body as well really? but this one was just a beautiful beautiful snake and again it was a cooperative subject we saw you know two others that day that you know there was one crossing the road and you know our guy tried to help it across the road and that thing was just not having it so we just right. waited to make sure it didn't get run over and, and let it go its way so you know it's you know, it's playing you got the numbers snaked too. on those opportunities. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it just watched it slither away. Sean yep. tells us I hate snakes, but this is a beautiful picture. Um, I have a question for all of our, uh, you know, all of our watchers wow. at this moment. Um, because I, I mean, you know, I've seen your photos a bunch, but I still like, am just, you know, I, I just still keep on stopping and being like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, so I have a question for you guys, everyone who's watching right now. 
<laughs> Linda Nielsen, she's our class comedian. She said, I'm going to need therapy after today. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, I guess because the because it's snakes. Um, the Who would like for Tibor to teach a course and teach you guys exactly how he does this? Like just wondering in the comments if that would be something that would be of interest to you guys, you know? Um, takes a second to catch up because I'm like, I'm looking at these images. I'm so inspired. Like I want to learn how to take images like this. I don't know if you see these comments coming through. Do you yeah, see I, I do. Yeah, uh, thank you. yeah. People okay. have been very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that, do you think, do you think they're interested in that? So that, this, uh, is, this, this is giving me, this is, this is how I peer pressure you into it. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, no, Tibor and Rich and I have already been in conversation about it. And I'm happy to announce that we are, we're in pre production development planning phase of, uh, of planning, you know, to have Tibor instruct an incredible course on macro photography. And I don't think there's anyone better in the world to do that uh, than you, sir. And it looks like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just judging by like the 400 yeses that I just saw. Um, it looks like people would be pretty excited about that. So I, I'm I, terribly yeah. excited about it. I could talk anybody's ear off about macro. So if you know me, you know, I can talk, especially about this subject. Oh man, I, I love it. I, uh, my goal is to my goal is to turn people on snakes and some of these creatures that they're they're really just afraid of. Because I'm yeah. telling you right now, like I again, I used to, I used to not be. I mean, there's um, there's something called a um, a whip scorpion, a tailless whip scorpion. They're not really true scorpions, but I I, I think I shared, especially in the group, I shared a, a video and a picture of me basically taking a stack with it on the back of my hand, and the thing's about like that big. Hmm. Um, I never thought I would be doing that. But, you know, understanding them, understanding what, you know, what's okay and what's not. Um, and, you know, you, you get this comfort with them. And it just, um, it really opens up this world. It's, it's really hard to explain um, because you, you, you get this admiration for things that you didn't really understand before. Um, especially, you know, just seeing, seeing what they do. And again, like with jumping spiders, again, I've seen the same species dozens of times and, and, I, I remember individuals and how they acted. Uh, one of my favorite photos, uh, well, a couple of them is um, I like to use things for scale. And mm -hmm. um, I used, um, I had this great idea of another photographer did it with a, uh, with a uh, viper that buries itself in the sand with these tiny sprinkles. And uh -huh. um, you kind of have to scroll way back for that one. But like, um, so I said, okay, well, let me, let me get this, let me see if I can get a jumping spider on it because these tiny the sprinkles that you use for cookies, it would, it would just you make for a really great picture. And, oh, um, yeah. and I, you know, it, it was a joke between my friends, you know, like that we went out with, like, you know, I'm always bringing these random things with me. Like, um, I know, I know you, you um, you've seen the um, frog on the bottle cap, right? Like I actually built the bottle cap on a stick so I could, you know, see if a frog would crawl on and eat it was like one of the first frogs just crawled right on. And I was able to get a good shot of it. He hopped but, right to it. Um, the first, but yeah, the first. <laughs> well, here, here's the an first, example uh, of scale for you. Like yep, I just yeah, found perfect, one. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. So I, I have color matches with me because um, you never know. This is actually a single image, very simple uh, with the Olympus setup. Um, not a lot of editing. I, I kind of took, because you, you'll start noticing really fine things in the, the, uh, the photos that you really want to take out, like the match head isn't going to be perfect. So there was some things mm -hmm. like fuzz on it or whatever, but ah. there was this tiny, tiny snail and you're like, okay, how do I show how tiny it is? Cause it's, right. it's great. Like, you know, but if it was on a leaf, you really wouldn't think much, but you put it right. on a match or you put it on something that people understand. And all of a sudden it's, it makes it a little bit more dramatic. Um, and of course a pop of color always helps, right? Like it's not just a regular, like regular old match. You just get color right. matches. So, you know, that certainly helps. And, and this was a very, very simple, you know, simple photo. This snail was crawling over a leaf. I put the match in front of it, crawled on the match, you know, crawled over the edge. I took three or four shots, let it go on its merry way. And it was, you know, there it was. This shot but, is um, on fire, you know, it's, it's on fire. But thank God it wasn't literally, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. But going back to that, so the individual, so, um, you know, and I also had this idea of getting a, um, a jumping spider on an M&M. 
And so I, I drilled a tiny hole in an M&M, um, you know, put a little paper clip behind it, um, you know, glued it in there and off we set. And literally the first jumping spider, I found it on my boot. Um, it actually mm. jumped on my boot and it was, it just ran up my hand. It was hanging out in my hand. I, I put, there's the, the middle one right there is the sprinkle. Yeah. So those are, those are actually just sprinkles. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm distracting you, but it's just, it's hard. No, to yeah, yeah, yeah. You're amazing photos. So. Thanks. Those are but sprinkles. Yeah. Wow. But, but yeah, so the M&M was, you know, the first spider that just kind of jumped on my boot and I was able to put it on there. And I've tried it before. There's a the scale. Um, I've tried it again. And, and honestly, I, I haven't been able to find another one that would want to want to stay on it. So, um, you know, again, it's individuals and, and understanding that these, you know, these animals that you're just kind of thinking of as, I don't want to say mindless, but, you know, insects, we don't really think about having these kind of personalities, but they certainly do. And ask any macro photographer, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a good scale and size one there. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. These are like just so inspired by this. And I, and I love reading all these comments, you know, from our students about like, um, you know, Laura's most recent ones that love your colors and pops, um, the colors and the pop. And Kathy was saying so creative with your ideas. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, such, such amazing stuff. Okay. So a couple questions for you. Um, yeah. What is, is there like a specific lens? Like what, is there an inexpensive macro lens that we could recommend you know, to our students that, that would work. And you're shooting with an icon these days or you're shooting with Olympus these days? Um, mix of both, both, but okay. for stacking and insects, I really love the Olympus basically because of the size, okay. um, you know, because when you end stacking, it's, it has the uh, focus bracketing built in. Um, so does Nikon, but it's, it's in the menu system and it just doesn't work right. I'd love to have them do an update where I could actually use it. Uh, but Olympus, because of um, just because of the micro four th thirds and I, and honestly, the, the physics of the optics, I can't even get into it, but you get additional um, depth of focus. So you can do stacking and good depth of focus, and it's easy to use in flight. It's, it's a no-brainer right now. And this is actually an older camera. Um, this is two generations old. It's, old, it's a Mark II. Um, okay. I'm using their 60 millimeter um, macro, which I think the equivalent is, I think, 120. Um, I think it's double for like a full frame. Okay. Um, but... Honestly, this, that's the best part about macro. And another reason why I got into macro is I was looking at all these amazing photographers for wildlife and birds, and they're using, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 lenses, just oh insane gosh. amount of gear, right? Like it's just this insane gear. I was like, when will I ever be able to do that? You know, and that's going to take a lot of planning. And then mm -hmm. I looked at macro and the most expensive macro lens for the Nikon was about I think it's about $800 or $700 and you know, it's not cheap, but right. you can get on the level of the professionals. They can't get any step ahead of you because they either have sponsorship or, or the money, right? Like you can, you can actively get where you're not limited by gear. You will have the same gear as any professional because there just isn't anything different out there. Um, Olympus just came out with a really good lens. Um, I haven't had my hands on it yet the 100 millimeter time, uh, time two, um, two time lens. But honestly, mm -hmm. any of the manufacturers, if you get a one-to-one -one macro lens, that's going to do everything for you, whether it's mm -hmm. frogs, snakes, to insects. Now, if you really, you know, if you're really looking at budget, uh, LOA, um, L-O-A or L-A-O-W-A, LOA makes a fantastic lens. It's fully manual though. Um, okay. It's, it's about, I think it's just under $500 and it's a 100 millimeter um, two time lens. So you can get two time magnification. So it's not one to one, it's actually two to one. Hmm. So if you're fully, if you're fully, you know, fully engaged, it's going to be two to one. And hmm. um, it's, I mean, it, it was my, I mean, when I used my Nikon, that was my lens of choice. I was doing everything mm. in manual, but understand that you're setting your F-stop manually. You're doing everything manual. So you're not, you're also not getting as much light in. So you need a focus light, if, especially in darker situations. And when I first put it on, I hated it because uh, when I looked through the viewfinder early in the morning, it was so dark. So I realized I needed a focus light, which Sidness Tech sends with his stuff. Um, it will light it up for you. And if you're comfortable enough to, to get that focus, 
um, it's it's a great alternative, and they make it for all the major brands. Okay. Um, they're, they're a fantastic lens company. I, I would recommend that lens, but just understand what you're getting into. If you, the, the difference is if you get the one-to-one, like the, the Canon or the Sony, or, you know, I think Sony's a 90 millimeter, um, you know, the Canon, you know, the Nikon, they're all the same, the one-to-one. You could use that for portraits. You could use that for other things as well, because it's got the autofocus right. and, and it's a little bit more comfortable for people. So there's a little bit of a trade-off and it's not, it's not that much more expensive than the other stuff. So you're, that's another great thing about the, the macro lens is, you, you know, you could still do stuff with it, you know, like right. outside of macro. I mean, I have, I was I have thinking a about my shot with the Nikon Z and whatever. With a, with a what? Sorry, say that again. Sorry, with, with the, the Nikon, Nikon one, the, the, the Nikon Z9 and the 100 millimeter, uh, I'm sorry, 105 millimeter macro. Okay. I shot, I shot a hummingbird with it. I, it's, it's definitely in my feed somewhere, but, um, you know, I was shooting hummingbirds with it and it, you know, I was relatively close, but I wasn't doing macro level stuff, but it was, you know, it's still an amazing lens. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I have the, um, the hundred millimeter, I think it's the hundred one Oh five. I forget hundred, hundred millimeter macro for Canon. It's, you know, from years ago. I don't know if this is the hummingbird yeah. shot you were talking about. No, Okay. Well, Kelly, uh, Kelly Corey had said the R6 has focus bracketing and I've been playing with it. So that's interesting. Canon R6. And now there's an R6 Mark II. I believe the current, uh, Canon cameras, I, you know, full disclosure, so, I have not used, you know, focus bracketing. So chances are, I, I, I believe they have focus bracketing just like Nikon, but it won't work mm -hmm. with flash. So my, my problem with the Nikon, not only is it buried in the, the menu system, it either lets you set the flash at zero, which doesn't work like, um, delay because the flash is not going to keep up with it. Or I think one second, which to me, I can't, I can't take over a minute on something, especially with a with moving the, object. Uh, yeah. 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 Or something that I got to wait till it stands still long enough and then do it. Um, I huh. believe Sony, Sony has, has an update that is close to what the Olympus was, but I mean, mm. I could be wrong. Everything's getting updated these days, but it, there, there you go. I think Linda just said it too, but it won't keep yeah. up with the flash. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought about this problem. So you, you know, it's doing focus bracketing. So it's changing the focus real quick, doing click, click, yep. click, 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 shooting a burst of images, yep. but it, you know, the flash has to be able to keep up with it. Um, and certainly, and so that, that's, that's interesting. I wonder, uh, I wonder if we can solve that issue or figure out how to solve that issue. Uh, get, um, get me some, get me somebody on the phone with Nikon first just a system update and they can mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. olympus olympus is you know it's i, I don't want to say it's just bread and butter but um for macro that's why i mean i i joked about it because i know so many people that shot with nikon or canon end up just getting an olympus for macro and i kind of like having the two different systems i love mm -hmm. the z9 for everything else but <clears throat> if i want to take these insanely detailed small images like it, the, the ease of use that i don't have to do everything manually um it was just, it, it's almost, you know, it's a no brainer basically for me. Uh, that, that makes sense. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I, I've kind of, I do have, you know, Canon, Nikon and Sony cameras, but you know, Canon's my default. So I try to, you know, stay with the same system for the most part when I'm, of when course, I'm shooting. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I hadn't thought about having multiple systems. So that's, that is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Well, so, um, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I see. I'm just seeing some of the questions. So um, I saw somebody asked about the macro with the extension tubes, but is the 100 millimeter or 105 millimeter macro lens better? Yeah, yeah. With extension tubes, it's it, what you're doing is you're pulling the, the lens away from the sensor, which basically adjusts the way that the image goes on the sensor and it lets you get closer to the subject. But it's you're going to lose things. So, so my biggest thing with the extension tubes was things would just drop out of focus or get into focus so quickly that it, it, it was tough to work with. Um, they're a great alternative um, if you can't get a macro lens, but you're going to get a lot more use and it's going to be a lot less headache and it's going to, you're, you're going to love a macro lens. If this is what you want to do. And again, this could go with anything with flowers. I, one of my, uh, my close friends who, um, who I macro shoot with basically as much as anybody, um, he does tiny flowers and some of the images he does, it's just, you would think that it was in a studio and it's just, you know, flower the size of a thumbnail. Um, you know, so it was, you know, 
it's it's a great lens and honestly it's a great investment if if it's something that you're thinking about doing yeah Hey, Crystal Ryan said, is there a macro course in our TPM courses? TPM stands for the photo mentorship. I know a lot of you guys are photo mentorship members, but um, that's what we were talking about. Tibor is going, to, we're, we're in discussion and pre-production for having Tibor instruct a course on macro photography 101. Um, and someone else said, I'd love to take the course if it was for beginners. Well, um, you know, it it's be. all, it's still, it's still in planning, you know, process, but yes, the idea here is that'll allow anyone who's interested in photography to learn how to shoot amazing photos in macro photography. So it is coming, Crystal. The macro course is coming. Um, so and Bar Barbara, yeah, Barbara asked about recommending for a DIY <clears throat> diffuser. I can, um, I'll post some, I'll post a couple of links of what I use to build mine and a photo of it. Um, it's it's pretty cheap. It's a, ref it's like a ten dollar reflector from Amazon, and then um, I bought. Uh, see-through plastic cutting board glued foam on both sides and it just cut it the right way it was, it was pretty basic um but it worked nicely yeah yeah that's awesome sheila so some of so some of you guys like sheila has actually seen tibor in our photo mentorship group and he was asking how or sorry she was asking how you got involved with tpm um you know to be clear we did not tibor or how to be an amazing macrographer. But I reached out to you, I don't know, maybe five five months ago or so yep. now, and was just like, man, your photos are amazing. I would love to have you come be involved with TPM and um, and you know make some some courses uh, for us. So it's been really cool to see you in the group and um, and you know the students are like loving, loving your work. Um, yeah, so it's, anyways. it's been it's been fantastic interacting. I I, I you know um, Social media, I like to answer questions. Uh, in fact, one of my one of my new good friends uh, from um, uh, United Arab Emirates, um, he he met up with me on my last trip. Um, he started Macro, I think it was last August, maybe. Um, he just reached out to me. You know, I, I didn't know him. He just asked questions, and I, I I love talking. I love seeing I love seeing evolution. Like I love I love seeing people progress. Right, progression is just awesome. And He's one of my favorite macro photographers right now. I mean, I'm a little biased, but he looks <laughs> amazing. And he's only, you know, he's not even half a year into it. And I just, I can't wait to see where he's going to go with it. Um, and, you know, I, that's, you know, I love talking. I love teaching. And, you know, I, I've been trying, kicking around the idea of how, how I can spread some of this. When you had contacted me, that's why I thought it was um, kind of ironic that we talked about it or, or just the timing was kind of interesting. Uh, because I've been wanting to develop courses and um, the group's been amazing. I, you know, I love interacting with the students. Um, I'm also learning a lot. I, I know some people had asked me like why I'm in the group. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you can always learn. Um, I've learned from people who are just starting out. They have ideas and you kind of feed off of each other. And, you know, there's things that I don't know about the business. There's things that I don't know about portrait and a bunch of other things in the group that I, I absolutely love. So it's been, it's been a great experience so far. So very, very positive. Um, I'm very excited about it. So great. So great. Well, Hey, thank you so much for, um, for, for all of this. I I'm excited to, you know, have you be more involved in the photo mentorship. So excited about the macro photography courses, you know, maybe we'll have to talk about like, you know, a macro photography in-person workshop or guided tour or something like that, you know, like depends on how, how sick of, how sick of me and rich you get. Cause rich, you know, Rich is a character in case you haven't, you know, found out by now. I love um, Rich, yeah. yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. Um, so anyways, I'm excited to have many more conversations with you inside the photo mentorship and, um, and can't wait, um, to have this, you know, have this macro photography one-on-one course, you know, developed, but we got to do a giveaway. Um, we're going to give away a diffuser, um, for macro photography. That's an integral piece of equipment, um, for that. And we have a winner. And I, I mean, I don't know. Would you like to announce the name of the winner? I'll, I'll ping it to you in the comments, in the private chat. Sure. It's, uh, well, that last name is, it could, be, it could be a little tricky. All right, I'm just so going to say, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to say Annette Rankin. Yeah, Annette Rankin. And I'm going to say Siegeschlag, Siegeschlag. Um, like, I don't know if that's right or, you know, but anyways, um, Annette 
you have won this macro photography attachment diffuser. I don't know. Tibor can explain more. We're going to get, we're going to figure out exactly the right one for you and we're going to get it shipped directly to your house. Um, Tibor, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for sharing uh, for you know, me, yeah. your wisdom and telling us some stories. I feel like we should have like a, you know, maybe a new TPM live. Josh is li listening in where it's like, you know, how I got the shot or story time with Tibor. Cause like you just jumped right in and you're like, Oh yeah, this shot, like the Viper <laughs> was about to kill me and strike me in the face. But you know, I thinned it off. You know, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I think that'd be a lot of fun to like, hear some specific stories and you know, if you have any behind the scenes of those setups and stuff like that. And then of course, like having the step-by-step -step macro photography course that's coming out in the future. But, um, Thanks for thanks for you know being willing to to join us and share your wisdom and your expertise and thanks for you know coming on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much, David. Hey, I've I've one like sorry. I know I said like bye basically, but I have no, one, no, like, okay, yeah. uh, one parting question for you. Just some wisdom, and this can be this can be pretty quick. All right, if you um, what is one thing that you wish like more people or everybody understood about macro photography? You know, like what's one thing that's really misunderstood? Well, one, one was the one was the blinding of insects because I get that question ah. literally hundreds of times. Um, but uh, I think it's you know it's just a lot of patience. Um, I, you know, it takes it takes a lot. So yeah. I think I, I I don't especially with like the frog like the stacked frog photos. Um, you know, the insect photos, I think a lot of people like I get all the time, like, hey, um, you know, I could take a picture like that with my iPhone. And I'm like, yeah, no, you can't. Um, I don't <laughs> like, Good luck. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Uh, but the stacked images, if you start seeing things where you see all that detail and, you know, if you're wondering why when you take a macro photo of like a jumping spider and you only have the eyes in focus and the rest of it, just the, the focus falls off nicely. There's beautiful single images, but you're wondering right. why. That's because they're stacked images. And it all depends. I mean, it all depends on the situation and the angle, but some of the edits for me, for example, can be uh, my tomorrow's post only took me, a, I don't know, about 30 minutes to edit. So if anybody goes to my <laughs> Instagram tomorrow, there's only about 30 minutes of editing, but I've had ones that have taken me days. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just from the cleanup to the actual, you know, making sure that you just need a lot of detail, um, you know, uh, attention to detail and see that. But, you know, some, some, you know, some images will take you minutes. Um, some will take you days and it's, you know, you just have to have that love for it and understand like, um, you know, that, that's, that's, I think is, is the, is the one thing that I think a lot of people just looking at photos don't understand. And I think, you know, it goes with in general with a lot of other photos, right. But, I, but with focus bracketing and focus stacking, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And if you're starting out, don't get frustrated immediately. Um, I started by bracketing three, four, five pictures. And when those came out good, I was just extended, 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 extended. And next thing you know, wow. you're starting to get into like 40s and 50s. And you don't really, and you don't always need it. Um, that's another thing too, is I've been trying to scale back. I've been trying to step back because, you know, sometimes it's good to have that focus fall off. It looks more natural. You don't necessarily mm. need all that detail, which is one of the reasons why I'm starting to shoot macro with wide angles, because as cool as it is to shoot a little frog and, you know, stack about 20 images and get all that detail, um, you know, it's also good to show it in its environment and show it just, you know, naturally and just have that one shot. Um, so don't be, you know, one, don't be discouraged. And two, just don't be afraid to play around. Hey, I, thank you for sharing that wisdom. I, I have two things to say. Number one, if you're not following Tibor on social media, you can check him out on Instagram at the Tibor Molnar. Hopefully you know how to spell Molnar by now. Um, <laughs> and uh, so definitely go give him a follower. Not that he needs any more followers, 257,000 followers. Um, uh, but, uh, go give him a follow. So, because your, your eyes will, will thank me. It, it will be a delight. And number two, um, I, I wanted to kind of just, you know, for all of you guys who are, you know, learning how to, you know, shoot your camera in manual mode, um, depth of field is, is the reason where the limitations of depth of field is the reason why he's having to, you know, shoot. 20 plus images and stack the focus. And so really simply put, 
you know, depth of field is controlled by three things specifically. We talk about this in the Master Your Camera course, all right? But depth of field, which is the distance or the amount of distance that's in focus, okay? You could have a narrow depth of field where just my eyes or just the bug's eyes are in focus, or you could have a deep depth of field where you have everything, including the mountains in the background, in focus, okay? Now, the way that you change that is determined by three factors. The size of your f-stop, which is aperture, the size of the hole that's in your lens, okay? The larger the hole, the shallower the depth of field, the less distance you're gonna have in focus. The smaller the hole, the more distance you're gonna have in focus, the, more, the greater depth of field, okay? Now, you might say, well, well Tibor, why don't you just shoot at f22? so that you have a greater distance. And I don't know, but maybe some of your shots are F-22 and it's still a crazy fall off, right? Some of the like yeah. wedding rings stuck that I've shot for weddings, which were not macro, uh, we're not, you know, insects and the incredible, you know, creatures that you have on the screen. But even at F-22, there was still some crazy fall off sometimes because another factor, all right, one of the, the other major factors to determine how deep or how shallow your depth of field actually is, is your proximity to the subject yep. with your lens, okay? The closer you are to your subject, guess what macro photography is? Really freaking close to your subject, the more blurry the background will be, okay? And the third factor, so there's two factors that we've talked about so far, and there's a third one, okay? Number one, aperture, the size of your hole. The larger that hole, the shallower the depth of field, the more blurry your background's gonna be, all right? Uh, the smaller the hole in your aperture, the deeper the depth of field is gonna be, the more distance you're gonna have in focus. The second thing is, the closer you are to your subject, physically, like moving your feet forward or backwards, you know, or literally zooming your lens right up to it, the closer you are to your subject, the more blurry the background will be, okay? And then there's another caveat to that. The more that you are zoomed in, the third factor is the more that you are zoomed into your subject, which basically goes hand in hand to your proximity. But they are two different things because you could just be back here or you could be here, okay? That's two distances. The closer you are, the more blurry the background's gonna be. That also mm -hmm. plays into effect when you are zooming in your lens, okay? At 24 millimeters on this lens, you know, the depth of field will be deeper than when I zoom in. The more I zoom in, the shallower the depth of field is going to be. So when he's shooting a macro lens at 100 millimeters, that's already zoomed in. And then if he gets really close, that's even lessening the depth of field. And that's why he has such shallow depth of field where just the eyes are in focus on some of those shots. And if he wants the full body in focus of the frog, he has to shoot multiple, um, multiple bracketing uh, for the focusing, focus racking, focus bracketing. I don't know yeah. what you call it. Um, I've Either. never done it. I just understand the principle here. Um, you know, he has to shoot like the focus, like, at right here on the frog, 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 right here on the frog. Stitch it all together, I believe, in Photoshop. You're using Photoshop for that? Helicon Focus. Okay, there's, in there's another program. Yeah, yeah. But there's multiple <laughs> uh, programs, yeah. I'm sure we'll learn about that in the Macro Photography 101 course. Or 201. But anyways, he has to put them all together into a composite so that he gets the eyes in focus, you know, the ears or whatever, the back of the head, yeah. you know, the body, the legs, the you know, like everything in focus. That's why... He's doing that focus stacking um, as well. Sorry, sorry to step on, you know, but I'm just no, trying to no, explain for the beginners yeah, who are no, learning course, yeah. about like how this actually works. That's what's going on. And that's, you know, some of the, some of his, um, I would call it special sauce to why some of these photos are just and, otherworldly and striking. Yeah. And F22 sounds like a great idea, but it's not going to get you that additional, it's not going to get you that focus. And then you start getting diminishing returns after, I think the sweet spot on my Nikon was about F13. Okay. And after that, you start getting um, basically image degradation, like the detail degradation. So like you don't you don't get as sharp. So that's why like I like really shooting when I do stack in like a five point six because it just you just you get as much detail as you can, but you well, also don't get that overlap, and you need that overlap to be able to practice uh, those. Well, that's, the that's other a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, I can't wait to learn about this in the macro photography one on one course that we will be filming this year. In a few months, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let out. I'm not gonna say exactly when, but we. It is. It is happening. It is. It is is going to happen. And I'm even 
more excited about it than I have ever been right this moment. But, um, oh gosh, I had something I wanted to say and I, I completely lost it. I completely lost it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I, got, I, I, do have one, I do have one question for you before we go. Go for it. Uh, what's the best smelling insect? Ooh. I don't know. A deodorant. Ah, <laughs> yes. Welcome. I had to. I'm Welcome. sorry, I had to. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I love it so much. Tibor Molnar, everyone. But great job. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for giving us Thanks, so David. Much it was time. great talking to you. You are a delight to, to speak to, and your photos are you, you are you are more delightful to speak to than your photos are amazing. Which is, well, I, I, I out, appreciate which that. is incredible. So thank Same you, here. sir. Appreciate Take it. Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. To everyone else, we love y'all. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see y'all soon. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals.